I help people create content that converts to sales because that is, I don't know, it's just can sometimes be a hang up. People create the content, but then there's no money out on the other end. And I am not here for that. And this is something not a lot of people are teaching. And it is literally the key to making sure that this works for you. That is my friend, Jessica Stansberry, and she is going to spill all of her secrets on how you don't only create content because it's fun for you, but you're actually going to learn how to turn it into dollars and make money from your content while you sleep even. Even better than making money when you're awake is making money when you sleep. And Jessica is going to dish on that. And I'm super excited that she's a guest on my podcast. And the timing, it couldn't be better because Jessica actually just broke a record in my business. So she is in my media mentoring program. I have an online course and then I have a VIP level of the online course, which is private one-on-one mentoring with me and my team. We make introductions to the media for you. We build you media lists. You have all the contact information you could need, all of the things. And Jessica and I started working together a couple of weeks ago. We had our first phone call on a Monday morning at 9 a.m. So from 9 to 9.30, we were chatting about her goals and where she wants to get coverage and what for. And her local market is Charlotte, but she happens to live three hours away from Charlotte. So I said, okay, let me know when you're going to be in Charlotte, and then we'll try to get you on TV there. And she said, well, actually, I'm going there Wednesday. And I said, okay, well, then let's try for Thursday morning TV if you can spend the night. And she was like, yeah, I'll probably spend the night. So again, we got off the phone at 9.30. I sent her a text message at about 11.30, two hours later, letting her know I spoke with a producer at the Fox station in Charlotte, and I got her booked on TV, and she would be doing a live segment. So the media hit came three days after we started working together, but it was booked less than two hours or I guess you could say two hours after we started working together. So congratulations, Jessica Stansberry, on holding the Media Maven record for fastest booking ever. Before that, I think it was like three days, and it was one of my agency clients. We started working together, and then I had them on the front page of the newspaper for a restaurant opening. So now the goal is to beat two hours. So if you want to become a mentoring client of mine to start earning more exposure, hit me up. I am at Christina at MediaMavenAndMore.com. And you could also go to TheMediaMentoringProgram.com to find out more about it. But today, you are going to learn all about how you can create content that leads to sales with Jessica Stansberry. Ever wonder how some people seem to get a ton of media coverage and you don't? Welcome to Become a Media Maven, where TV reporter, host, and news contributor Christina Nicholson shares years of media experience to help you get the media attention you and your business deserve. And now, to help you master your media coverage, Christina Nicholson. Jessica, thank you so much for joining me on the Become a Media Maven podcast. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited. And we met not too long ago at the Boss Mom Retreat, but I kind of knew who you were before that because I've seen your stuff online 
And Mm -hmm. you are amazing at not just creating content, but actually getting paid for creating content. (laughs) Well, thank you. I appreciate that. My whole like tagline to my business is that I help people create content that converts to sales because that is, I don't know, it's just can sometimes be a hang up. People create the content, but then there's no money on the other end. And I am not here for that. I feel like a lot of people do that. (laughs) They create the content because it's fun Mm -hmm. and they think that a lot of people are seeing it and they're going to convert when really a lot of people aren't seeing it. And then the ones that are seeing it aren't converting. Oh, totally. Totally. And it, a lot of times, and I guess a few years ago, well, let's back it up to like eight or 10 years ago, there really was some magic to just kind of putting things out into the world and people being able to find it. Like, Oh, I put out a blog post on that. And now it just like magically got, you know, a hundred or 200 hits because not as many people were doing it. But now we have like, that's what everybody's doing. You know, everybody knows that content sells and everybody knows that like, you know, blogging and whatever else sells their products. So everybody's doing it and it's harder to stand out in the noise. So just putting it out there, is not going to get you anywhere. You actually have to take it like further through the steps. So tell us how you got started doing this. Like what was the very beginning Oh my goodness. You know, I always say my, I'm an ex web designer. I started, I technically started my business in 2010, um, because I wanted to stay at home with my first son. Um, but really, if I, if I really dive deep, I had businesses way before that. I'm an entrepreneur like through and through. I had a photography business, um, right out of college, even though I was working full time. Um, I had a graphic design business in college And then like full on, like actually made money from it though, um, starting in 2010 as a web designer and graphic designer. And then in 2015, well, 2016, probably I started putting out YouTube videos and blog posts to explain things that were really easy to do, but also mind blowing. So I have a couple that are from back in that day. One is I did a blog post and a YouTube video on how to create a signature on Gmail where the links were clickable and it was actually like really pretty. And, um, then I had another one on how to create a automatic download with Dropbox, which literally is just changing the zero at the end of the Dropbox file name to a one. Um, and it will automatically download for the person. So I had a couple that went out and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to share this because they're like they're helping me and they kind of went viral. Um, and from there I started having people ask me like, how do you do this? And how do you do that? So I kind of transitioned out of web design, which I'd been wanting to do for years. Cause in the customer space, like it's just hard, you know, your, your paycheck like depends on your clients and it can be really, really hard sometimes. So, um, I morphed and changed and transitioned out of that and went into, being what I called a tech, a techpreneur. So I was teaching people how to like master the systems and technology in their business. And it's just kept morphing from there. And basically what I do is when I start seeing that I'm, I'm always going to be an infopreneur. That is something I love. And I love putting out information and teaching people and teaching classes and courses and things like that. But I'm not afraid to twist and change. So if somebody starts asking me, 
how do you do this and how do you do that? I'm not scared at all to start putting out content in that realm. So now I teach a lot of YouTube strategies and content strategies because people were like, well, okay, you did this, but how? So that's kind of the transition of how I've worked myself into this. Okay. I really feel like I don't remember how I first like came across you online, but if you're talking about how to create a signature on Gmail with clickable links, I do know I got that information from a woman <laughs> online. So it could have been you because that is like money information that we all need to know. That's so funny. Totally. People, and you probably did, they did go viral. I will say both of those went viral in like it, their own terms, you know, but it it's just funny because I was like, well, I just did that because I figured it would help people. And then it like literally went viral. So I kept putting out content. So tell me how you were getting paid for this. I mean, we'll get into more now, but like when you were starting, because mm -hmm. you were a web designer, but you're putting out this content, like how did you turn that content into dollars? So I wasn't back then um, because again, I didn't know any better. Um, but what happened was I very quickly was like, oh my gosh, I'm getting thousands of hits to my website a month to these two to five posts that I've put out. Like I need to be monetizing this. So for a couple of them, I inserted a lot of affiliate links. Um, so for Dropbox, like I would insert my like Dropbox affiliate. Um, and when I was talking about like another one was how to create a button in ConvertKit, um, because a lot of people like want like a pretty button in their ConvertKit emails. And that one also went viral. And so I was just putting in my affiliate link to ConvertKit and Still to this day, I mean, I started making quite, I mean, not a ton, but a little bit of money coming in from those affiliates. And now it's grown even more because those posts are still out there. Plus I've added hundreds more. Um, but then again, I just listened to my audience a lot and they were like, okay, well, that's great that you can create a button that way in ConvertKit, but how do you make, you know, how do you put a header in ConvertKit or how do you, um, use this or use that in ConvertKit. So I created a course on how to work ConvertKit. And I sold that off the back end of that um, post. And then it just kind of went from there. I, there for a really long time, I had a lot of courses. I don't anymore, but I had like a course that went basically with every blog post I put out, which I do not recommend because it's time consuming. But it worked really well to have funnels built out where if they found, you know, this blog post and it talked about topic A, then they were going to go down the funnel, get something for free, get some emails from me, and then get pitched this inexpensive course. And I was able to completely give up the web design by doing that. Okay, that sounds amazing, but it does sound time consuming because, and oh, I yeah. say it sounds amazing because it is so freaking specific. Because if I want to know how to put a button on ConvertKit, I obviously want to know other things, and you're selling me all of the other things. It's yeah. That is amazing, but I can't imagine the time that you spent on all <laughs> of those bad. courses. And like, what were you selling these courses for? Yeah, it was bad. And I don't recommend it. And I say that all the time. I'm like, do not do this. Don't, don't do as I did, but listen to me. I have, I'm coming out the other end and telling you to do differently. Um, I, there was a lot of time spent on those courses and I was selling them. It depended. My convert kit course was like 199. Um, and I had a web design course that was like 700 and something 797, I guess. Um, but then a lot of them were 29 and 49 and $99. So it was, it was very time consuming, but I can't be mad at it because it allowed me to replace the income you know, that I was making from my clients and get rid of that portion of my business and kind of 
you know, transition into that infopreneur space. So as I've grown, I've learned that you do not need to create a course for everything or what's that quote? Like just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. Um, and now I filter them. I, I do the same thing. I'm still putting out that broad mass of content, but it's leading into one of my core offers and I only have two core offers. So it's leading into one of those or it's leading into a tripwire that's kind of very inexpensive that will then lead into one of those. Okay. Before I get in, cause I want to hear more about your core offers and your tripwire. Um, yeah. just like how you've like rewired everything. Um, how were you getting these YouTube videos or these blog posts to go viral? Were you doing SEO research or did you just get lucky? No, I definitely didn't get lucky. I don't have a bit of luck in my body. <laughs> I joke about this all the time. Yes, like you I, do. I think your hair, you are very lucky to have the head of hair that you have, Jessica. Okay, I'll go with that. I'll go with that. I actually have a hair appointment on Thursday and I'm so excited. But it's it's one of those things where like I was never the person who won any, like I don't win things. I'm not that person. So yeah, it was definitely research. And I had... I would find like, basically I would have a problem and I would go to the Google <laughs> verse, you know, and be like, Hey, help me solve this problem. And nobody could help me. So then I was like, well, shoot, if I have this problem, so do thousands of other people. So I would put out the content. So I knew there was a gap. I did know that. Like I knew, okay, there's a gap here. I know I'm having this problem. Surely other people are. And then I would do the SEO research and, and kind of back it up with that. That's always been one of my like favorite things to do and very much so is now. And then, so I was definitely getting some traffic from SEO and from, um, you know, the search engines and Pinterest and all of that stuff. But then I was getting people who would find it, like people with way bigger audiences than me. And because I'd done my work, right? And then they would share it with their audience. And I remember the first conference I ever went to was at the in the fall of 2016. And I rolled up in there, you know, knowing several people. And I was like, hey, what's up? What's up? And people were asking me when I was going to speak. And I was like, oh, I don't, I'm not speaking at this conference. And they were like, oh, I just assumed. I thought you were like a big deal. <laughs> and I wasn't at all. Like I was making no money. And... Then one of the, during the conference, like one of the ladies from the stage was like, and I used the Jessica Stansberry method to fix my email. And it became like this whole thing. And then like a bunch of them shared it after we left. And so it just, it was like a snowball effect there at the beginning. I love that. Going back, you said you would do SEO research. Were there any certain platforms that you would use? I've talked to a couple of um, bloggers that I'm in masterminds with, and some use um, Keywords Everywhere, some use Ahrefs. So which one do you use? I love Keywords Everywhere. Um, it's one of my favorites, especially now. Back then, I was just using Google Keywords, like I was just logging into the platform. Um, but Keywords Everywhere is amazing. And it, it's really, so here's the thing is with, with keywords everywhere and keywords in general, and this is something a, not a lot of people are teaching and it is literally the key to making sure that this works for you is we think like, okay, we're going to look for a keyword that has a lot of traffic a month, right? Like we, we want to make sure that like a lot of people are searching for this and if we do a good job, then we will get found for this thing, but you can't target traffic that you don't already have. And I know that seems confusing, but like if you have an audience of nobody on a blog that's just starting, 
you can't target keywords that are being searched by hundreds of thousands of people a month because you're going to get buried in Google because they preference, they're going to preference the people who have more traffic than you. So you have to start small. If you have a tra a Google, a Google, a blog of zero people, then you need to be going after key terms that have searches a month that don't have zero, that definitely have some, but are on that lower end, maybe a hundred searches or 500 searches a month because you can actually get traction there. Whereas as you grow, then you can start going after the bigger key terms that have more searches a month showing up on that keywords everywhere stat. And you know what? I feel like people know this, like this sounds like common sense and this sounds yeah. like stuff that we've heard, but people refuse to do it because for some reason they just want to grow really fast and they think that this is a shortcut that they can take. Oh, totally. I see it all the time because YouTube is, I mean, Google is that way. Like I, I definitely know that I've seen it. I've seen it with clients, but YouTube is a hundred percent that way. Like they are always going to favor a video for a keyword that that channel already has a pretty decent sized audience. So you have to work your way up and yeah, like it's something that people are like, no, I know that's cool and all, but I'm just going to go after the one that has all the searches. Cause that makes the most sense when really it doesn't, you build up, you get found for that thing that has 500 searches. And now you have traffic where you could get found for that thing that has a thousand searches. And then now you have more traffic so you can move on up through the ladder. And was that hard for you starting small and working your way up and being patient? Um, no, not really because I'm, I am a full believer in like Rome wasn't built in a day. Right. And so I knew that it wasn't something I was just gonna, you know, be an overnight success with. And I still am not, you know, and I, I still have to limit myself. There are people who teach the same things I teach on YouTube who have a much bigger audience than I do. And they can go after these really high key terms. And if I go after them, the video flops. So that, but then I have a higher audience than a lot of other people and I can go after some that they can't. So it really is this big process. And it's, it's more about getting out of your head and owning the space you're in right now, because we all want that, you know, we all want to be bigger and better and whatever, but we have to know that right now, here in this moment, this is where we're going to thrive. And then as we move up the ladder, we can thrive in another place. I love that. In episode 27, I talked to Jada Selner, who is in... Oh, I love Jada Selner. Yes. She's in a mastermind with me and she says something very similar to what you just said. And her big thing is like, just enjoy the process. Like don't get yeah. stressed out about trying to do something so quickly. Just enjoy what you're doing and having fun throughout the process. Because then when you do hit that goal, you're just going to set a new one. And then you're not going to be excited about the goal you just hit because you've moved the goalpost. So like totally. why not have fun doing what you're doing while you're doing it. So I love that advice. Yeah. And I quote Jada all the time. One of my favorite quotes that she says is that you can't read the label from inside the jar. Um, because that's so powerful for business owners. We often think like, Oh, why is this not working? Why is this whatever? And we could have an outsider look and be like, Oh, it's not working because of this. And it's just so easy for us to get caught up in our own thing. So that's awesome. Yeah. I love Jada. Okay, let's go back to, you mentioned you used to create a course for everything under the sun, which you do not recommend, but no. <laughs> now you have a couple of core offers and then a tripwire. So I yeah. want you to tell me what they are and then tell me how you decided on them because I would assume 
when you have a course for everything, it's hard to just go down to a couple of things. It really is. And what happened was I really started embracing that I'm going to go from tech and teaching systems to teaching content marketing, because that's really what I'm super passionate about and what, where I know I can get help for people. Um, and so for me, there was like a clear line, like this does not fit in the content marketing bucket. This, um, this course is going to retire, you know, like we're going to get rid of this one. But then when it, I still had a lot of courses in the content marketing bucket. So I created a membership (laughs) that way I can have them all in there. And I still get to create those courses. I still get to scratch that itch, right? Cause I am a content creator at heart and I love it. So I still get to create courses and trainings that I can put in the membership and then I sell that membership and it's got everything in it in sequence. So that's one of my core offers is the membership. And that really does like encompass all of those smaller offerings. I used to teach, have a course on Yoast and how to use Yoast to boost your SEO on WordPress. And I had a course on um, ConvertKit again. And I had a course on sales funnels. And all of these were like small courses that I sold for like $29 and $39. And they're now all in the membership for $49 a month. So it's, you know, that was one way I was able to head that off. And that's one of my offers. The other core offer is my YouTube Rockstars course, which is a higher end course. It's like $1,000. And it is for people who are like super serious and they want to kill it on YouTube right now. And they don't want to go through the process of trying to figure out all the little pieces they want it all in one place. So those are my two core offers. And then I have tripwires leading into each one. So I do still create like smaller offers here and there. I have a $29 course, quote unquote, that's called marketing with Trello. And this goes back to one of my, my like back what I was saying in the beginning one of my most popular videos on YouTube is how to use Trello. And it's got, I think it's got like 300,000 views maybe in the last year. And I can't let that just sit out there and not make me money. Like that's not something I can do. So what happens is I have an opt-in that goes with it. That is copy my Trello boards. Again, that was all I had at the beginning, but at least I was collecting those leads And then I created a tripwire that is marketing with Trello. So these people coming in who now love Trello are going to learn how to plan out their marketing calendar with Trello. And a lot of what I talk about in there is content. And so then I sell them into the membership. And then I have a YouTube starter toolkit. That's a tripwire for the YouTube course that goes on all my like YouTube help videos. Love it. That's awesome. Okay. So how long have you been using this new business model where it's almost like less is more? Oh, a couple of years now. Um, I haven't created a new course in well over a year. Um, and that was YouTube Rockstars last last spring. And before that, I hadn't created a new course in a really long time, unless it's going into the membership, which is just part of the, the dues, you know. Um, so yeah, at least a couple of years. And I will say without a doubt, focusing and focusing on one thing, or at least like a very small group of things has made me way more money than having like, you know, an arm over here and a finger in this bowl and, you know, my leg over this way. So I highly recommend paring down and being simpler with your offering. Okay. Tell me more about that because as a content creator, we want to keep on creating content. And I've read essentialism, which is like the one thing I hear, um, where it's really just focus on one thing to your successful and move on to the next. But Mm -hmm. people, they just, they create something and then 
they may not make as much money off of it as they thought. So they said, oh, that doesn't work. Let me create something new. What do you think people are missing there? Well, it's probably an audience problem, not a, not a creation or product problem. Like I would say 99% of the time you have a really good product there. You have that good course, you have that good, whatever, you just don't have enough of an audience to sell it to. And actually at the conference we met at Dana Malstaff said multiple times, I think that you should sell the same thing to new people, not sell new things to the same people. And this goes right into that because it's so true. Like you have to keep growing that audience to keep continuing to grow the sales of whatever that thing is. It's not going to keep growing if you keep selling it to the same people. And is it ironic to say that you grow your audience by creating content? (laughs) Well, that confused people. Uh, No, not really, because you have to think of it as free content versus paid content. And all of my content goes in some way leads back to something that is paid. So for me, that content is answering, like, let's say we take the big question of how to use YouTube, right? Like how to grow on YouTube. There are 5,000 little questions that go into that. Like, how do I tag my YouTube videos? How do I make a YouTube video? How do I edit it? Like all of these different things. So I can hit on all of those smaller questions in my free content. And there are still 4,099 questions they need the answer to. So that's where my paid content comes in. So that's how I kind of think of it. It all leads back to the paid content, but that free content kind of breaks down everything in smaller pieces. Can you talk about how to create a content strategy? Because I feel like content, I feel like we need another word because content is one of those words now where it's almost like influencer, where it's like lost its meaning over the years. But when it comes to creating a content strategy, like content could be so much and I feel like people get lost. So what would you suggest to them if they want to create a content strategy to A, grow their audience and then B, monetize their audience? For sure. So we do get tripped up on this a lot and I think a lot of people do. Here is my like big caveat on it all that I hope will help, you know, anybody listening figure out what, you know, what to do here. One is that content is always blogging, always blogging is always a piece of the puzzle. And now it will look different for every business. It'll look different for you than it does for me. It will look different for this person than it does for that person. But it's always a piece of the puzzle because that is what is going to put those keywords out into Google. So blogging is always there. So that's not a choice. The next choice, though, is YouTubing or podcasting. Those are the two add-ons you can add to blogging. So something like you probably do with this podcast, something I always use Amy Porterfield as an example that she does is her blog posts, quote unquote, are actually show notes for her podcast episodes. Mm -hmm. So, and every podcast does that, right? And so that's a blog post that goes with the content they're putting out. So they're thinking like, I'm putting out content, I'm putting out a podcast episode, but that blog post is in addition to that. And the same goes for YouTube. So a blog is always there. You just have to pick the other medium that you want to like attach to it. So I would say step number one is that, like really figuring out what, kind of content you're going to put out, whether that's blogging with one of those two or just even blogging by itself. Um, Then I challenge you to come up with a 
like a serious schedule. It is going to be every Monday, you know, at this time that I'm going to release this thing that I picked, or it is going to be every Monday and Wednesday. So come up with a serious schedule and get out a physical calendar. That is always super important for me. I will buy those like big desk calendars that are like $3 at Walmart and I will write on it like, okay, a blog post and video needs to go live here. A blog post and video needs to go live here. Then I go through all the questions that I've been asked. I go through all the questions that, um, you know, my audience is asking me in my membership that the people are asking me in the comments of my YouTube videos that I want to know the answer to, or that I wanted to know the answer to when I was starting. And that is the content that gets filled into those holes. Now, I also recommend reverse engineering. So if you know you're releasing a, like a, an offer, a group program, a course, whatever on, I don't know, March 17th, then reverse engineer it and make sure that the content that's going out on March 12th is promoting that webinar or that launch or whatever. And then the content going out before that is just a little bit of a step before that. So it's all a building block. So I recommend reverse engineering backwards and kind of just putting out content in a way that it all stacks up together to lead to that sale at the end. I love that. And then something else that we've already discussed is batching. I'm a batcher. So I have my days, you know, Tuesdays are my podcasting days. Those are the days that I release episodes. Those are the days that I record interviews. When I'm on other people's podcasts, I'm kind of at their mercy, but I try to keep podcasting days to Tuesdays. And I will some days record four episodes um, with four guests on my podcast. So I feel like when you start something, you're always, I don't want to say you're running behind, but if you're a batcher, you do need to catch up. So do you batch and what do you suggest for others as in regards to batching? Oh, absolutely. This is something I talk about a lot too, because it saves your life. Like I think there's no way that I could constantly be like, oh my gosh, what video is going live next week? Oh my goodness, it's Monday and I don't have a video for Wednesday. I would always be losing my mind. So I batch tremendously. And I actually did a um, five-day challenge here, gosh, it's probably been six months ago now, that helped people create a month's worth of videos in five days. So my process looks a little bit like, okay, I'm going to come up with the topics and everything, plan everything out like I talked about a minute ago. And then I'm going to take one day and I'm going to film somewhere between 12 and 15 videos. Um, and I don't, I didn't film that many at the beginning. I've gotten better at filming. I don't mess up as much. I don't have to change what I'm saying as much. So it's easy for me to do 15 in a day. I'm exhausted, but it's easy. Whereas in the beginning I was probably doing six or, or four or five, six, somewhere in there. But I pick a day and I say, okay, I'm going to film this is a filming day. I'm scheduling nothing else. And for me, I also batch my schedule like you do. So I don't have any calls on Mondays, Wednesdays, or Fridays. So my filming day will always be a Monday, Wednesday, or Friday. And I'll film that or I'll schedule that. I'm going to film all these videos. And then now I just send them to my editor. So that is all I have to do. I have now three months usually of content done and it's off to the editor and I'm done in one day. Um, but what I, t- what I tell people to do and what I teach people to do, especially when I ran that challenge, is on, you know, let's say you're looking at it at a week's view. So on Monday, you're going to sit down, you're going to plan out all the content you're going to do, and you're going to write down all the bullet points 
for each of those videos. So at this point, you know, like that shouldn't take more than a couple of hours. So you don't have to block off the whole day. Just, you know, get everything planned out. Then on Tuesday, you're going to film all day. And obviously this would be moved around based on your schedule, but on Tuesday, film all day. Wednesday, you're going to edit all day. Thursday, you're going to write the blog posts that go along with it. And this is for somebody who doesn't have help or a team, right? Write the blog posts that go along with that. And then on Friday, you're going to schedule them all, put up the thumbnails for everything, schedule all the blog posts. And now in a five-day period, you could potentially have three months of content totally, totally done. Yeah, I'm with you. Like if I didn't batch and if I didn't live and die by my Google calendar, I would be a hot mess. I would be like a chicken with her head cut off. Oh, 100%. (laughs) I could not function. I could not function. Um, Just because I'm a little like crazy about organization and everything like being done by a certain time and having its place. And you really, you don't feel stressed. So like going back to what we were saying not too long ago, like you can enjoy the process more because you're not stressed and you're not in a rush and you know things are getting done and everything has its place. Yeah. And it's hard to context switch too, right? So like if you have calls on in the morning of the day you want to film, then now your head is in a different place. Or if you have, um, you know, you need a meeting with a client in the morning and then you, an hour later, you're going to film one video. And then an hour later, you're going to, I don't know, go to lunch with a friend, like you're context switching through that whole day. And so you are not near as productive as if the whole day is like dedicated to that one thing. Yeah. A hundred percent. Totally agree. Okay, Jessica, where can people find out more about you? Because this has been amazing. So if they want to know more from the content creation goddess that you are, (laughs) where should they go? So really anywhere with my name is totally fine. JessicaStansberry.com. You can go to YouTube and search Jessica Stansberry or just go to YouTube.com forward slash Jessica Stansberry. And that's my YouTube channel. I do a lot of hanging out there. I'm on Instagram. Just find my name. I promise you'll find me. (laughs) I love it. Thank you so much, Jessica. Thank you for having me. Be sure to check out the show notes at becomeamediamaven.com and you will see how to get in touch with Jessica and learn more. Again, if you want to learn more about my media mentoring program, that got Jessica booked on live TV in the 23rd largest market in the country, then check out themediamentoringprogram.com. You can always hit me up on Twitter or Instagram. I am more than happy to chat with you there. And again, you can always find out more at my website, mediamavenandmore.com. I will see you next week.